Brian Breaker. Your little whiny baby. Babe. Don't assume my gender. Friends since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with this phone. F you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory, kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no. The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did the Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from doubters. Put in the stake in the shower, break up and bitch, power, hour. Yeah. Hello, uh, hello, 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 welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling sound as episode 451 of Breaker in Bane's Power Hour. I am Brian Breaker. Joining me, as always, on this nice autumn day, big underscore Bane. You got to be happy. I'm super happy, man. Super happy. And, you know, it's going to stick around for today, and it's going to warm back up. But next week, you know, it's going to be highs in the mid to low 80s. And, you know, the, the lows of that day, of all those days right now, is like 50s. Mm. I mean, that's, that's pretty close to sweater weather, at least for the first, like, hour of the day. I will never wear a sweater ever in my entire life. But I you're missing you out. I'm you're not missing out. out. I don't like sweating. That's weird to me that you would wear a sweater, considering you don't like sweating. Who sweats in a I don't sweat in a sweater. If you're inside, you do, because the heat's on. You don't... You take the sweater off, man. Okay, but if you're like in somewhere, like so, now you're wearing double layers. Like that's not a I, you don't like, you don't wear more than one layer in, in the in the like cooler weather, dude. T-shirt, hoodie, that's it. That's more than one layer. That's what I'm saying. That's like my jacket. It's a zip hoodie. It's not a sweater. I don't wear a sweater. Right, but you have like some some item clothing item underneath the sweater, and when you're hot, you take it off so you don't sweat. But then you mess up your hair. Oh my god. <laughs> You will not win this argument. No, I've actually never worn a sweater. I, not since I was a kid. I've always hated them. I hate the feeling of them. I mean, the they, they make them more comfortable than they do than they did when we were kids. Because back in the day, they were like itchy. Yeah, exactly. They're not really itchy anymore. They're just nice and warm. Yeah, that just look weird to me. Not a fan. Like a like a, a hooded sweatshirt, like a hoodie. I'd wear that. Yeah, but not a sweater. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I like them. Yeah. Well, you're not wearing one right now. Well, it's not cold enough for a sweater. I expect in the wintertime you to wear a sweater every single time. I will not. You, you, I want you to. I want you to wear a sweater every a single time. Weird thing. I'd rather you not comment on the things I wear, Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we got quite a bit of wrestling talk this week. We got a little bit of toy talk. Actually, we got a ton of wrestling talk. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's, uh, let's dive into it here. Well, let's do it. I am again talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them buying energies. Listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out Stone Cold. Well, Big Underscore Bane, CM Punk has been a ongoing topic for us for a year plus with the rumors of his debut, his eventual debut. Yep. His big matches, his injuries, his returns, his controversies, and now potentially his release. Like, this is yeah. actually late-breaking news. It just kind of hit right before we started recording here, which uh, timing is everything, I guess. But uh, rumor has it that Tony Khan might be buying out the remainder of his contract, which my assumption would be like two years worth. Yeah. Um, man, I, I don't know. What do you think about this? <clears throat> Good. I mean, okay, I think he probably needs to go because yeah. I don't think I don't think you're at a point where you're going to be able to work with him anymore. Like, right. who does he work with? Like, that's a big problem, I think, with 
and with him around like who does he wrestle and i i know and that's the thing is like i know there are some guys that are still very close friends with him i know there's some guys who were completely on his side during the whole thing but not many so not like, many have been vocal about it right but like i know like ftr good buds with him and things like that yeah but, but they like, certainly didn't come to his aid well that's true in like, like in like defense or anything that's true but like you know what i mean like but you I, don't bite the hand that feeds i get that too right like so i would assume he's got his little crew that he could probably work if he came back but it's not going to be good enough to keep him around for two years yeah you know even if he comes back he'd have to be like off tv for the most part well okay like i i think back to like sean michaels in 96 and i guess bret hart made the statement that sean only wanted to work his friends mm-hmm. he only wanted to work triple h and xbox and diesel and razor yeah but that's not who he worked i mean obviously diesel razor and you know the kid eventually left but he worked you know mankind and he worked vader and he sure. worked sid i mean he worked he worked a lot at Bulldog. He worked mm-hmm. a lot of different guys. And I know he did some stuff with Steve Austin on the house shows in Gold Dust. So, mm-hmm. you know, he had good matches. And I feel like that's kind of where Punk's at. Like, you don't get to work everyone you want. Right. Um, do you think that's a smart move on Tony Khan's part to just buy out his deal? I think, I think Tony Khan has, like, this thing where he wants to be, like, because WWE's gotten such a bad rap for firing people. I mm-hmm. think he wants to be, like, known for like i i don't fire people you know but like unless there's like an issue but i think this is an i think i think this is an exception where it's like okay to just fire somebody because i mean i unless cm punk has a clause in there saying like you're not allowed to fire me you know i I I don't like why would he sign that that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like i mean like i feel like all these contracts probably work in the owner's favor i would bet this is the clause where it's like you can't sue us if I pay out your deal. That's the. And that that would make more sense. Because there's, I mean. But my whole thing is like, what grounds would he have to sue? Who, Punk? Punk. I, I think the only thing I've heard people say, and this is just, you know, verbal diarrhea from Twitter, is that mm-hmm. they were outnumbered and they were attacked, which I'm like, again, I go back to the Young Bucks. Wasn't there. I don't know the situation. They don't look to me like the type to like bully people into a fight. And Well, and also too. Shit like that doesn't hold up in a court because it's hearsay. Yeah. Like the only people who can, you know, say what happened are the people that were there. And like, there's no physical evidence of what happened. I mean, unless there is, unless there was a camera back there, but like, but like, it's all hearsay. So like, that's not going to fly. Every account I heard was that he started immediately throwing punches. Yeah. And so that kind of goes to me with like, okay, well, if they were there to talk, Mm -hmm. It's too late now. And on top of that, there is evidence of him like provoking the fight. Sure. From the media scrum. Yeah. So like come ev- find me. Come talk to me. Right. Every bit of evidence would put him in the wrong. So like yeah. there would like there would be no case where he would win a lawsuit. Now that this is a few weeks out, has your thoughts or opinions on it changed much? No. Me neither. I mean, I like there's again, there's been no evidence that shows like that the Bucks and, you know, Kenny Omega were in the wrong. Yeah. I mean, CM Punk said, hey, if you have an issue, come talk to me. Yeah. And then when they do that, all of a sudden it comes to blows and then a guy gets bitten, you know. The big thing I've heard people say, and I don't agree with this personally, but they shouldn't have went right away. They should have let him cool off. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Right. I mean, like, when you're called out like that, you have to address it then and there, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. That's yeah. that's all there is to it. You can't, I don't know, like, I, especially, like, if you're, I don't know, I feel like if you're, like, a boss of a company, which, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not bosses, they're in, they have some power or whatever, but I think that's more, you know, titles that are kind of made up than anything else. That's my opinion. But yeah. I think, like, if, if you are an employee and you verbally trash out your boss to everybody and that boss wants to fire him, you can't, like, wait two days. Right. You know, you kind of need to be like, hey, let's have a conversation. Come on. Let's yep. talk. So the fact that Punk started immediately throwing punches, to me, th- sounds a bit like he was ready for a fight or he was wanting oh, a fight. Yeah. I think he was wanting a fight. I mean, because, I, again, I, I don't feel like the – said this last week or the week before. Like, I don't feel like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were in there looking for a fight. And we talked that, about how they brought in their legal person. Mm-hmm. in there so and that, i haven't heard that brought up anymore but if she was there or at least around the area yeah she had to have seen something if she was outside the room she would know that they didn't barge in or right. bust the door down like they right. were kind of leading and so, they may have opened the door but hell i've opened a door in my life i never thought took that as like 
burnt, broke the door down. No, it's not the yeah. same thing. No, and so like I mean, if she was there, that means like no, they weren't looking for a fight because clearly they wouldn't try to beat the guy up with legal with legal right there. Right. You know, I mean, so it just it, it all doesn't line up when it comes to CM Punk's side of the story and and a lot of this is probably cuz I know like Pat Buck and Christopher Daniels and Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler were all initially quote unquote suspended mm-hmm. because they were part of it, but my understanding is they were just trying to split everything everybody up. Right. So I bet they're all all their stories have a factor in this. Yep. Like did do they all match up is it the same thing like, you know, where does Christopher Daniels stand? Because I know he's he's he started out with Ace Steel. Yeah. He's probably known CM Punk for years. So are they buddies? I don't know. Yeah, like it's it all depends. I think what everyone's story is, all in all. But yeah, weird thing, man. It definitely like I didn't. I think when CM Punk came back into wrestling, this is not the exit we expected, right? No, and if this actually is the exit, like it's kind of uh, I feel like it puts a stain on everything he's done. Including WWE, it, oh, one hundred percent. Because it it there's no there's not going to be talk of like, well, I hope he comes back now, right? Well, and it also too like it kind of like puts a different spin on everything that went down in WWE. Yes, you like, know what I mean. Because like, I think everyone was on his side then, right? For the but, most part. But now, and, and you know, you've seen him resurface the Triple H promos and the John Cena promos, and it's like you kind of hear it from their perspective, and it's almost like, well, shit, that kind of makes sense. It no tracks. We know, yeah. And so it's like maybe CM Punk is an asshole here. Well, there's a clip that also resurfaced. Remember when uh, Triple H did Stone Cold's podcast and it was on the network? Mm-hmm. He was like the second guest after Vince before the Broken Skull sessions, but kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And that was brought up. And he goes, well, here's the thing. He goes, he was a hard guy to read. You know, like I would hear things of like, he's so mad he's quitting. He's pissed. Yeah. He's throwing things. He's having a temper tantrum. I go talk to him like, hey, everything okay? Yeah, everything's good. And I'm And, yeah. and he's kind of like, do we, need to, do we need to have a talk? Like, what's going on here? Now, that's Triple H's side. Is that true? I don't know. But right. it does kind of track a little bit. Yeah. You know, like as far as like the uh, the the weird, um, you know, the weird mood swings maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, man. Maybe the dude's bipolar or some shit. Could be. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of factors to this. I will say this. I assume Sting's run would have ended before Pugs. And, and that, like. <laughs> right? Seriously. Before we even, like, started this conversation, but we were talking off air about the whole thing, I was sitting there thinking, like, I totally forgot Sting was there. I wonder what he thought about all this. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's seen his scraps back in the day. Yeah. But, like. He seems like a guy that probably stays out of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, cause, I he's mean, everybody's grandpa. Right. Exactly. But, like, I just, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, I wonder what Sting thinks about this. <laughs> but I haven't seen a lot of negative on Nick and Matt. I haven't either. Or Kenny. So yeah. that's where I feel like. If you have that one kid in school that's always in trouble and the one kid that really never starts any problems, yep. whose side are you going to probably believe? Yeah. You know, it always kind of goes that way. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, like this whole thing, I've never really been a huge Kenny guy, never really been a huge Young Bucks fan, but like this whole thing has like really moved them up the ladder for me as far as fandom goes. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, just because of the fact that like they kind of stood their ground yeah. and all that shit, it kind of like put a lot of respect for them. Their back was against the wall, and they they did what they needed to do, mm-hmm. and have the bite marks to show it. Yep, you know, which is still that's still crazy to me, but <laughs> but yeah, um, some other AEW news. Um, John Moxley, the new AEW World Champion, following Dynamite, yep. um, kind of interesting. I think everyone thought it was going to be Brian Danielson. I I really felt like it was, yeah, because we I think we knew Moxley was going on vacation. That might have been their swerve to do that on purpose, and yeah. You know, hey, what's another few weeks on the road? You know, either that or maybe they didn't. They were okay with Moxley losing it quick, but because I mean, I'm assuming MJF is going to take the title from him, and so I think sometimes it's better to put the title on a guy that's held it before as opposed to like making Brian's first run like seem three weeks long or something like that, or, or like it's it's not planned. Like when it's just right. like we're just putting it on him because we have no one else. Like right. that that's kind of that's not fair to him, right? right? And he should because honestly, a Brian Danielson MJF feud would be. Fantastic! I Absolutely, think. it would be. So you know, MJF wins it from Moxley. Now it's Danielson and MJF. I mean, I would, I would watch that match. Absolutely, I would. So yeah, I mean, that may be their thought. Uh, also, uh, this is an interesting take because a lot of people were not happy about this. Chris Jericho is a new Ring of Honor World Champion. So I watched Dynamite, and that was the first match. And what the hell was that even about? Like, I mean, why was that match happening? I mean, other than the fact that I know it seems like they're doing a story with him and Garcia. Yeah, and Garcia is the pure champion, but like. I think it's designed to get ROH television. Okay. And they want the biggest star to have that title. 
I mean, people made that comparison, like, because when Jericho won the title, he wrestled Hangman Page. Sure. And that was 2019, and he was relatively unknown on the main, you know, as far as, like, main TV watchers yeah. were concerned. So it made sense to go with Jericho as far as, like, he's a known commodity. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what this is here. Okay. Like, they're using him to, not that Cesaro's not well-known, but his name did change. And, I mean, there's yeah. some, it might be a little bit more explaining to TV executives who this guy is. It's their world champion. Whereas Chris Jericho, like, oh, yeah, we know him. Yeah. You know, he was on. He's been around for fucking 30 years. Right. So if you're trying to get a ROH TV deal. Yeah. This makes more sense to yeah. me. And I don't think he'll hold it long, but i that's kind of my thought. I think it's a business move more than a, uh, and I mean, it could be a Jericho ego move too, like where it's like he just wants to hold that title to say he held it. Well, I just figured, I mean, you know, they did make a big deal about how that's his eighth world title. Mm. So that's, I mean, who knows? But like, I, I really think it's more about him and Garcia. I think there's going to be a big explosion there. Oh, point. sure. Because um, their, their whole reaction was weird, but yeah, who knows? They definitely seem to be grooming Garcia for a bigger spot. Yeah, which so the, they, he's got the whole Red Death nickname. I had I'd never even heard of that until like just a few weeks ago. It might be new. Yeah. I've always thought the kid was good. He's he's like he's he's very small. I think, and I know that that's kind of a weird thing for wrestling these days. We're like, oh, he's too small, but I mean, he does look a little small for yeah for being someone called Red Death. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, yeah. But he's a good he's a good in ring performer, so yeah. Hopefully that works out for him for sure. Um, War Games is coming back on the WWE side. It's going to be a part of Survivor Series this year. Yes, um, I was a huge Fall Brawl War Games fan. Me too. It's still one of my favorite logos WCW ever put out. I thought it was fantastic. Um, the concept of War Games is great. They were never like the greatest matches, but I, I don't know something about two rings, a giant cage. Two teams of four or five or whatever it was. Like, this was a cool concept, right? Oh, yeah. So now we're bringing that to Survivor Series. Now, I know there's been talk for years that they needed to revamp Survivor Series mm-hmm. because maybe that, you know, tag team elimination thing has kind of been stale. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? Is being like the new, is it the new alternative? Is it the new idea? Maybe. I mean, I still like, <clears throat> I don't, I, I, I'm not necessarily like upset that they, are getting rid of like the raw versus SmackDown because I mean, I, I agree that that's stale, but like, I still like the elimination yeah. five on five match. So like, it kind of bums me out that they're getting rid of that because well, we, I, as far as we know, and we don't know for, is well, that right. official that they're getting rid of that? Well, I, I don't know that for sure, but it just kind of makes it feel like that with war games coming in there. But that being said, war games is such an iconic match that like, by the end of that show, I might just forget about it. But Survivor Series, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Royal Rumble. Like if they just took away the actual Royal Rumble match, why is it the Royal Rumble anymore? It wouldn't be right, and that's kind of how I feel about Survivor Series. If they actually take away the Survivor Series match, it's really not Survivor Series anymore. We might as well just call it War Games. Well, I heard it's going to be two War Games matches. My assumption being probably a women's and a men's, because mm-hmm. uh, that's what they've done on NXT. So I, I see like the Bloodline would be like a logical, yep you know, team there. Um, and I don't know who they would face necessarily. Maybe. I mean, I don't know is it, who they even, who's Roman even feuding with now? Um, that Logan Paul, you know, like, yeah, he's got that match. He's kind of, I mean, he just got out of that feud with McIntyre. So Logan Paul is kind of the next guy. I would assume carrying cross would be the next guy after that. I, I mean it could be bray wyatt's group but yeah. we're gonna talk about that if he is indeed coming back yeah and if that the whole group thing is real yeah but um but yeah who knows yeah so i think this is a cool idea now you mentioned the smackdown versus raw thing i've been very against that for a while mm-hmm. and i'll never forget when i first was like this is stupid is one year it was like team smackdown and so they're all wearing their blue yeah the very next year like three of those guys were on team raw yeah i'm just like i feel like no one gives a shit about that yeah, I feel like at this point it's hard to even know who's on what show. Like, is this, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but right. it, it, it they seems like they flip flop so much. I have no idea who's on what show. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like that really matters as much. It's just, you know, guys on Raw, guys are on SmackDown, or we're splitting them up, we're going separate, you know, whatever it might be. So, yeah, I've never really thought that that was the best idea. I much more prefer a group. Or even random thrown together guys mm-hmm. than than just a team SmackDown versus Team Raw. Yeah, um, doing it one time is fine, but doing it every year is too much. Yeah, but I, I still like I'm I'm kind of a 
like I, I like the idea of the five on five, you yeah. know, traditional Survivor Series match. I mean, I would love it if it just went back to like, and even if it was just one, like one match, like if it was just like the random effing teams, like the Ultimate Maniacs or something. You know what I mean? Like mm. bullshit like that. Like I thought that stuff was fun. So I mean, if if they did something like that, I'd be all about it still. No, I think I think it would be actually kind of fun if they did the the bloodline and then Sami Zayn was with them. Yeah, because he's kind of with them anyway. Yeah. But he's the honorary of, use. Yeah, like I think that would be fun against yeah. Wyatt's crew. I mean, if that's what they went with, you know. Yeah, but they could also do something with like Edge, Mysterio, and whoever against the Judgment Day team now because yeah. Dominic's with them. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities of what they could do, but overall, I think it's it's a fun idea. Now, I I've always thought the cool thing about War Games was the um, alternating periods where yes. You know, heel baby face kind of so on and you know you ultimately end up with a two-on-one advantage or three-on-two advantage and so on i hope that they keep because yeah. i think that's a cool idea yeah which I, I mean i would assume it'll be the traditional idea of war games which i mean i think is good i mean if they started changing the rules of war games again like it doesn't it's not really war games anymore yeah i know uh tna did a match called lethal lockdown which was kind of their version of war games mm-hmm and but it was only one ring, and of course it was the six sided ring. But they would act. What they would do is after, um, all the guys were in, they would actually pull the roof down, and it would go on top of the cage. Now nice. the WWE's version of War Games, we've never had the roof. Did that bother you? Um, it did at first, but then I saw how they were utilizing it. Yeah, because they right. used it to make it better ultimately. Right, doing like stuff off the top. Yeah, they were jumping off of it and stuff like that. But I'll tell you when. Uh, AEW brought in their version of the blood and guts. Like they did, they've done really cool stuff with having the roof on the cage too. Mm. So, I mean, I think, I mean, Cesar or Claudio did the giant swing to Jericho on top of it. You yeah. Know, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I, I don't know me personally, I'd kind of like to see the old school style of the cage though, where it's like really low, you know what I mean? Like I thought that was cool. Yeah. It was, it's weird because I could see them also going tall right, where they right. have like more room to well, do stuff. Like AEW does. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately like do your own thing and try things out, you know, the only reason I say this is cause I liked when uh, I feel like certain guys would like grab onto the top to do like kicks and stuff like that. You know, I thought that was fun, but I always go back to Sid powerbombing Pillman on his neck. Because of the top of the cage. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's just like ugh. Of course that's probably more on Sid than right. than the actual cage. But right. uh but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think this is kind of one of those things where it's like good move on Triple H. Like let's let's do something fun here, you know? Yeah. And it adds a lot more hype to Survivor Series. Speaking of that, real quick, uh, they're also bringing back the fight pit. Did you hear about that? I did, yeah. Yeah. And that's gonna be is that at the uh, Crown Jewel event? I think so. I'm not yeah. positive, but yeah, it's gonna be a uh, um, this is kind of almost like a mix between like the lions then right and yeah. like a cage match yeah and actually shamrock was like tweeting about it. he's like this is a perfect time to bring me back i'll be the ref <laughs> well that dude's ready to make some money you absolutely know? he is you know what's weird is he didn't have that long of a run i know like it seems like he was there forever yeah he was there in like midnight like he was there at 97 his debut was technically like that wrestlemania as the guest referee okay and he left in 99 like two years no kidding not long wow he was intercontinental champ. I felt like he was like he was there forever, right? Well, yeah, and, and and he also felt like you like he knew what he was doing and all that. Like, we had wrestled before. Oh, had I, he? I think a lot of people don't realize that, but okay. he was wrestling back in the eighties before oh. he did MMA or you know full contact, no holds barred fights. Okay, so yeah, um, but no, I always was a huge Shamrock fan. So Me I think, too. I think if he's able to come back, that's awesome. Yeah, I dig it. Uh, yeah, but the fight pit, I haven't actually actually seen one of these, but they take the ropes down, right? I think it's. I think it's a whole different thing. Maybe I'm wrong because I feel like I missed it the first time too. I know they've only done it on NXT, and I, yeah. I was thinking like Timothy Thatcher was in it with Matt Riddle, and they build up like it's like a cage, but then it's also got like a scaffolding around the top. I, I knew, think. I knew that. So it's yeah, it's a it's kind of a trip. So, so it's going to be at Extreme Rules. So it's definitely still the ring. It looks like it's going to be at Extreme Rules. That's what it said. When is Extreme Rules? Probably like Isn't that usually like October would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think Crown Jewels till November. They're yeah. just trying to hype that ahead of time. So it looks like a it's like a scaffolding style cage seemingly around the ring from what I can tell. Could be a different structure, but it does have a catwalk up on top. And so you can actually get up there and I guess seemingly you can jump down. It is definitely around the ring, but yeah, it's I mean it's a different look. It looks fun though. Like here's a interesting image of it. I can show you. Yeah. Yep. 
And I think it, I think it'll be a good good uh, good thing to have. It's it's another little fun concept match that they can do every now and then pull out. Not to mention that's a new toy they can sell. Absolutely. I think doing unique stuff like that's a good idea. For sure. So yeah, that will be that'll be fun coming up. A lot of, a lot of new stuff. Um we got to talk about the fiend. So yeah. Lots of interesting talk about the fiend returning. Mm-hmm. Um this has kind of been rumored for a long time. And, you know, I've said before one of the cool things Triple H did that I really enjoyed is making backstage segments matter because I feel like for the longest time they've been real. I mean, to me, like in a lot of cases, totally unnecessary or just just junk that they throw in there like someone's walking to the ring up next, you know, and it's just. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. And, or like really bad acting segments that I'm just not a fan. I've never been a fan of that. So. They did one this past Monday where Austin Theory seems like he's getting ready for a match, but there's a random QR code kind of in the background. So that got the internet stirred up. And, of yep. course, they they scan it, and that leads to this weird little uh, video with, like, a hangman game and a few other things that kind of led people to think it was Bray Wyatt or The Fiend. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, a fun idea, I think. Super fun idea, and I, I really dig it. And they've been doing this whole um, – uh, white rabbit thing at, at uh, live shows, live mm-hmm. events, will they be playing that song? And then they also, what was it? They, I feel like they've done another couple other teases with, with that whole same concept, but well, they've, they've also done the hourglass, which is a carrying cross thing. Yes. Now that the white rabbit, which I didn't know, you would probably know this better than me, but apparently he was known as the white rabbit in Lucha underground. He was, that was actually my first introduction to carrying cross was him as the white rabbit. Um, but well, now people have basically more or less put together that him, Scarlet, Braun, and is there someone else? Uh, Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis might actually be the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, brought like, to life. Brought to life. And kind of interesting that they all got let go. They mm-hmm. all come back. Pretty all- much at the same time, too. Bra- or, uh Braun was the last one. but Yeah, and then like all, essentially like everything kind of happening together. They all kind of come back, which I mean, honestly, bringing back Karrion Cross, Braun Strowman, or Dexter Loomis wasn't really a shock to me. Right? They all seemed like guys that like, Triple H would be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring him back." Yeah. And then obviously Bray Wyatt makes perfect sense, and so that all happens, and then bam, like, could we see a new version of the Wyatt family? That would essentially. be essentially. I mean, I would absolutely love it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, especially like the way the the people have like compared the characters. You know what I mean? It's it's a fun little it's a fun little theory. You know whether or not. It, that whole side of it's true or not. But I mean, it it would be awesome if it was, but like, I would love to see a new version of the Wyatt family or some kind of something. I do know there was also a, um, a, uh, graphic that WWE had shared that actually had lantern and fireflies in it. Okay. I didn't see that one. Yeah. That came across my Twitter feed just a few days ago. And, um, I want to say it was the Seth Rollins versus, well, they, they've also done some stuff with Alexa Bliss <clears throat> with like lights flickering and yep. things like that and like standby technical difficulties. So they've done some little teases here and there. Yeah. So and I know I know even uh, Alexa Bliss mentioned how like she kind of wishes like just randomly during a promo. She like wishes that she could like be her old self again with the Lily doll and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who she was saying it to, but one of the other girl wrestlers. But so, who? I mean, it it really seems like they're pointing to him coming back. Yeah. Which I'm. Really excited for. They also teased the date nine twenty three, which as we record this, that's tomorrow. So yes. we may be a day late and a dollar short, man. We might be. Yeah, all of this could be exposed, and it could be a new version of Doink the Clown. Who knows, dude? I hope so. I love me some Doink dude, the Clown. Give me Doink every day of the week, <laughs> every day. Uh, but yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think, I think, if AEW wasn't able to get the deal done here, that might be the biggest cluster. That they've had. Oh, yeah. Not getting him. And also, too, a lot of people are saying that, like, you know, Malachi Black's wanted to go back to WWE, and that was a big reason why he left. Yeah. Now, do you do you, do you think that's the case? Uh, maybe, but it seemed like it seemed like his whole faction was starting to really get some steam. So it's they, they were starting to, but he's a guy where I'm like, how is this guy not AEW world champion? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I and I get like when you sign 30 people not everybody's a top guy but he doesn't seem to me like he's a guy who's struggling to get on pay-per-views right and so 
you know, I think for any knock you have on WWE, you have to build this back to AEW. It's like, well, WWE dropped the ball with Aleister Black. Well, they did too. I right. mean, I mean, honestly, like, and I, the House of Black was cool, but it's like he's doing they're feuding with like the you know the varsity blondes. Like, yeah, not that it's not good to put over young talent, but that's that to me is not where he would what I would have ventured for him to be. Right. And to be fair, they got that one girl out of it to bring yeah. her in, but you know what I mean. Like, it's still I I'm I'm with you that that wasn't the best feud for them. It just it was it was a weird one to go with because I was like, man, I feel like he had so much more to offer. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did I thought the one with uh, Pac and uh, the best brothers, friends, no, the brothers, the Lucha brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that feud was cool because especially I and I think about like Pac's one line where he's like, you you can't poison a bastard or something like that. Whatever mm-hmm. he said, like that shit was cool. Oh yeah. But like, um, but I mean like, yeah, I mean it, it should be one of those things like he's going after the heavyweight championship and Brody and, um, what's his face? Buddy. Buddy. Matthews. Like they're going after tag titles or something or, or all three of them are going after trios titles, you know? Yeah. And I mean, he was there a while, so it might've been yeah. one of those things where he just got tired of, you know, waiting. I mean, after yeah. a year, you're kind of like, Oh, if they're not going to do anything, they're not going to do anything. Right. So I, I do get it. Um, some more AEW news. Uh, the acclaimed have officially won the AEW tag titles. Hell yeah! Uh, I was pretty happy about that. A lot of people were really hoping that they would call an audible at that pay per view because they were so over with mm-hmm. that crowd, thinking that they should have won the tag titles that night. Yeah. Um, I don't know if an audible mid match is always the right call, but I do agree. Acclaimed should have been tag champions. I feel like they've really been coming up quickly. You yeah. know, in the last several months, is an audible mid match. Ever a good call? I mean, unless one of the guys are injured? Probably not. I wouldn't. I, mean, that, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, that to me just doesn't seem like that ever happens. It does, but does it's it? not the best call. Yeah. I mean, I, I know in WWE there's been fit finishes switched. Because of the, the crowd reaction? Not necessarily the crowd reaction. It could be even like, you know. Vince is mad about something, and so he switches the like the. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a long-standing rumor that Lex was supposed to win the title at SummerSlam. Yeah, and like late in the day or right before the match, they switched it because I mean, like all the balloons and stuff fell, like, right, yeah. which was weird. That like yeah. that's the finish they went with. Like it's like you're celebrating that he won by countout. Like well, and I actually I remember not too long ago actually seeing that he had actually cut a promo as the champion. He did. They did some TV tapings with him wearing the title. Yeah. Now there's a rumor going around that back in the day they they would do stuff like that to throw people off. Okay. So because I know they did that in NXT with like someone having a belt or not having a belt. They did that with Dream, Velveteen Dream one time because he was like in the championship match and they did like one finish where he won and then another finish where he lost. Yes, and they've done that I think sometime. Nowadays it's more of a smart mark crowd so yeah. you kind of want to see like what they're what they're doing. So I had heard he came out with the belt and did a promo with Vince. Yeah. And um I mean they can kind of make up anything they want in that in that moment like he stole the belt or whatever. Right. I know he's a baby face but so I've heard that that was an audible finish. That would make sense. Like it tracks, said. though. You yeah, know? because of all the confetti and balloons and all that stuff. Why still, would you do that for a count-out victory? And still, and still do it. I can right. see Vince is like, drop it. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but it's one of those things where I don't think they're the best call. But I mean, I remember being backstage at Raw the very first time I was an extra, and they had a match plan <clears> between <throat> Crime Time mm-hmm. versus Chuck Palumbo and Matt Stryker. Which is a random tag team. Really match. random tag team. And the finish was going to be Layla was out there and she was going to dance with Crime Time, but she came out with like Palumbo and Matt Stryker. Okay. And it's like the old Stacey Keebler gimmick. Kind of. And I, and I don't even remember them being a tag team. This is like when Chuck Palumbo was like the motorcycle guy. What a weird tag team. Yeah, it was a weird time for sure. And so, like, I remember seeing them rehearse Crime Time dancing with Layla. And then her kind of game, like, whatever, and, like, walks away from him. And that was what they had rehearsed. Yeah. And so they're backstage, and I see them standing there. Then all of a sudden, I'm kind of, I'm far back, and I see them all just walk away. And mm-hmm. we knew Teddy DiBiase, Jr., obviously. And he's like, yeah, the match got canceled. Oh, shit. And it's like, damn. Like, because, I mean, it's live TV. Right. So the opening segment, which was the night, oddly enough, CM Punk cashed in money in the bank on Edge. Yeah. Edge did a promo on Jim Ross that went a little long, but they still had to do the title switch. So that whole segment basically cut out a match. Ugh, that and it, sucks. Yeah, and it cut out time on other matches. So it is what it is, man. It's live TV. So audibles do happen for sure. They yeah. have to. 
And I've even heard guys of all the way being up to gorilla, like at the, at the, um, curtain. Yeah. Match, you know, four minutes, two minutes, one minutes, go right to the finish. Yeah. No match. Jeez. So, I mean, it can definitely happen, you know, yeah. and, um, it's one of those things. I don't think it's the right call ever, but yeah. Um, I, you know, what's weird is I feel like Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland don't really get the, uh, the, like the applaud that they should for that match being so good. Cause the acclaim didn't wrestle themselves. Right. Yeah. You, I, well, I, I think we all know how good both of those guys are. Like mm-hmm. both of those guys are incredible talents. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and that, that match, I remember watching when I watched that match, the first thing I thought of was like, this is the first time in a while I've felt like tag team wrestling is cool. Yeah. Like just because of how exciting it was to see the acclaimed and also how exciting it is to see Keith Lee and Swerve. Yeah. Like because all four of those guys are just awesome in their own individual ways. Right. But like them as tag teams are just awesome. Well, and yeah, not only that, it's like it, it was a good it was a good time. Like I think right. them not winning it almost helped. Cause I mean, as good as that would have been, but it was like, this is like, they finally did it. You yeah. know, they, they accomplished that. So yeah, I think it's cool. I'm glad to see they're the tag team champions. Yeah, now. me too. And they're also homegrown talents, which I think is also important to acknowledge the fact that they're not just pushing former WWE talents. Now what happens with Keith Lee and swerve? I don't know. Kind of look like they might be teasing a breakup from what I gathered. Yeah. I'd be cool with that. I'm fine with that. I felt like they were a thrown together team anyway. Yep. So, and I'm a huge Keith Lee fan. I think he, I think him as like a world title contender would be fantastic. Yeah. In fact, I was just watching the 2020 Royal Rumble with my nephew yesterday, and I forgot about the part where Keith Lee came in and worked with Brock. Yeah. And you're like, damn. Brock was like, ooh, big boy. <laughs> well, it's funny. At one point, he goes, who's this big motherfucker? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I always kind of laugh because it makes you wonder if Brock had no idea who's even coming out. You know? Right. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is I, I highly doubt he probably knows every single person there, you know. Well, and I think he probably knew what he was doing that right. night. Like, and I honestly, that Royal Rumble, I hated when I was watching it because I was like, is he going to literally throw out everybody? Uh, yeah. I think that's because we didn't know what was happening. Yeah. But that was such a good Royal Rumble. Hell yeah, it's, it was. There's never been another one like it. Like, we're yeah. literally. One by one, he almost throws out every single person and quickly, yeah. like just grabbing them and bam, they're out. You know, it's yeah. like, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that was to me, like one of those moments when you realize, yeah, they had plans for Keith Lee. That just didn't happen. Right. So it's kind of crazy to think. Oh, yeah. Um, other interesting news. Great Muda shows up on AEW. He's going to be on Rampage this weekend. Really? Yeah. And apparently he made the save for uh, for Sting and Darby Allen when they were getting beat up by the, uh, the, uh, the House of Black. No kidding. So do you think we see Muda? Because Muda's announced his retirement. He's with Pro Wrestling Noah. Okay, so is he, he's not going to wrestle then? Well, I mean, he's announced his retirement like tour, I guess. Oh, okay. Dude, how cool would that be to see great Muda do something with Sting in an AEW ring? Hell yeah. I hope that happens at full gear. I hope we get a six-man tag. Yeah, me too. Darby, that, Sting, and Muda. I mean, that on. might get me to buy the pay-per-view. <clears throat> Seriously. I mean, I know Muda's like not a young guy anymore, but he's always going to be one of our favorites, right? Well, that and like, I, I also don't know a whole lot. Like I haven't seen a lot of older Japanese guys wrestle and wrestle terrible. Like most of the older Japanese guys look a lot better than <laughs> like the American older guys. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm sure he's can still go pretty good. Well, he's older, but I think mood is also like, he's so character driven, right? Like as long as I see the mood elbow and yeah, absolutely, I think he still does the moonsault. In fact, probably For not sure. all the time, but here and here on an occasion and stuff. Yeah. And you know, since then, since he kind of shaved his head, he started wearing the mask and all that stuff. But I'm pretty sure that mask is in like all the WWE 2k games. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. But like you have to like paint it yourself and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think this is a, a, a smart idea. Absolutely. Even if you get him for just one match, like why not? Hell That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, I'd be all about it. Um, other AEW news: We saw the the official debut of Soraya. Yeah, formerly known as Paige. I I was not expecting this. What'd you think? Big shocker! Big shocker! What is she going to do? Is she going to wrestle? I don't know. I don't know either. Now there was talk of her <clears throat> getting cleared in WWE mm-hmm. because you know since that time you know Edge, Christian, Danielson, several others have gotten cleared from what we thought were like actual retirements. Yeah. So this tracks with that. Now I know everyone's injuries are different and such, but my, my thought is similar to kind of what we said about punk returning. Oddly enough, if he wants to return awesome, if he doesn't, that's cool too. Yeah. If she's 
safe enough to wrestle and feels comfortable with it, I think that's great. If yeah. not, then I think just having her there is fun. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's I think it's cool to see her there, whether she manages or wrestles, whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely a, a bump for the women's division, which we haven't had in a while. And I know Ruby yeah. Soho coming in was cool, but I don't feel like she's got the name power that Paige had or Soraya now. Well, right. I feel like Paige is, <clears throat> Paige is up there like on the same level as if Sasha Banks were to come over or yeah. you know what I mean, or Charlotte or somebody like that. So Oh, she's definitely a yeah, a she's pioneer on, in that. Yeah, she's on that level. So I, I feel like yeah, I feel like you're right in the sense that that really boosts up their women's division. I'm actually kind of surprised WWE didn't make a play for her there. And they may have. I don't know. Well, and, and I mean, maybe they just weren't going to let her wrestle again. Could be. You know, and so she was like, oh, okay, bye. Well, I do know a big reason Danielson left was because he wanted to. He said he goes, I want to bleed. You know, yeah. I want to have, like, matches the way I want to have them. And, yeah. and I think WWE tried to protect him, which I totally understand. Absolutely. So... And that's all fine and good until he gets legitimately hurt, and then that's a problem. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's you know. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, obviously, but yeah, or uh, we'll see. I mean, he seems like he's been doing okay so far, but I mean, he did have to retire at one point, right? So you have to imagine at least to some level he's on borrowed time. Yeah, and I mean, I I would assume it doesn't seem like it when you watch his matches, but I would assume he probably wrestles slightly safer. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I know like him doing like one move he brought up was the big. Uh, Missile drop kick off the top where he took the back bump. Yeah. And I can, anyone that's wrestling, that's ever wrestled knows like that, that shit sucks. Like, so that, that's, and that's such an unnecessary move. Right. But I've seen him do it. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't need that one, man. Like, he I, used to do it quite a bit. Yeah. But, um, well, that, and I would assume the diving headbutt is probably a, a rough one. Yes. Yes. I mean, all that stuff is bad for your neck, yeah. you know, ultimately. So I'm kind of curious, um, I hope he's okay, and I, I want to see him continue to perform. But to me, if you get hurt, it's not a big deal to eliminate something from your arsenal. Right. Ray Mysterio used to do the springboard Hurricane Rana. Yep. Which looked amazing. Yeah. As he got older, he stopped doing it. I was never like, oh, come on. Yeah. I'm fine with the splash. Right. With the 619. Like, that's cool. Like, right. you don't have to have everything there, like, all the time, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. but Absolutely. I'm I'm definitely cool with with uh, Soraya coming in and hopefully helping the women's division for sure. We got a little bit of toy talk. What do you say we dive into it? Let's do it. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break your brain. Do a bit of toy talk. All right, we got a little bit of toy talk here. Big underscore Bane. A couple different things to uh, to touch on. Rush Collectibles has announced a couple of more in the ECW style. In their in their uh, in their lines here. Okay. So we've already seen like Blue Meanie officially announced. Uh, we've seen um, C.W. Anderson, uh, but now Mikey Whipwreck is official. Joel Gertner is official, and Simon Diamond. Do you remember Simon Diamond? I do not. So he was kind of an interesting character back in the uh, late days of ECW. Kind of a more traditional wrestler, which didn't really fit. But yeah, he kind of like. Like, you know, all his promos were Simon says this, you know, kind of one of those type of characters. But right. he had like this entourage of just goofs that used to come out with him. Yeah. Almost like a circus. And uh, yeah. And he was one of those guys that never got the ECW figure. And I don't think he's ever had a figure ever. So this is kind of cool to see him coming in this line. Yeah, that would be cool. So they're, they're doing some some more stuff. And, and on their uh, on their on their story, they were actually asking, like, should we do Larry Zabisco in the yes. extreme style? And I'm like, absolutely. Yes. I think uh, the more guys you can do in that extreme style is awesome. So yeah. I'm hoping to see more of this. Give me all the Larry Zbysko figures. You big Larry Miss Larry Zbysko fan? Oh yeah, living legend. You kidding me? The yeah. little that that whole gimmick he used to do. Larry Zbysko was awesome. Though. But like Larry Zbysko when he wrestled Eric Bischoff on that Starcade, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Well, what's funny? You talk about how he's more over as an announcer. When I was watching WCW, I never knew that he was a, at any point a full time wrestler. Yeah, like I always thought he was just a commentator. Who wrestled occasionally? Do you know what's crazy? Is that going back and watching some old nitros, he was wrestling in like early '95 still. Really? Yeah. Hey, I remember watching like the night he first, the first night he was an announcer, I'm almost positive was the night Scott Hall debuted. Really? And so, like, you know, it became bigger in '96 and '97. Yeah. And so, like, when we were watching that, we just assume he's, a, he's like Bobby Heenan, right? He's in a, a retired 
performer. Right. I didn't realize it was like a year ago. So it wasn't right. like it was like that far off. Like, oh my God, Larry Zabisco's back, you yeah. know? And I, I don't know. I was a huge fan of that that program that he did. I thought it was cool. Yeah, he was awesome. He's not had a lot of figure treatment. So um, if you can do an ECW style, I know he doesn't really fit that era, but why not? Yeah. All about I, it. I think the more people like that they can do, the, the even, even better. For sure. Um, so this one's an interesting one for us to cover because it was just basically news is just basically broken this week. Uh, Hasbro's bringing back starting lineups. Yeah. Now, Kenner did these back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, do you remember starting lineups? Yeah, I've got a few. Oh, do you? Yeah. What, what were your thoughts back then? I liked them. You know, I mean, I it was kind of all the – because I was a baseball kid. You know, I liked baseball as a kid Um, and, you know, basketball too, but um, mostly baseball. But like, I, I liked them, but like, I feel like that was also like the only baseball figures I remember seeing. I mean, I had a lot of baseball cards, but Mm -hmm. like as far as figures, that was the only ones I ever really remember seeing. I've told this story on TV toy cast, but I remember my cousin had a few. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, these, to say figures is kind of a stretch. They're more like a statue. Statue things. And I remember, you know, being in his house and seeing them on his desk. I'm like, oh, those are cool toys. These aren't toys. These are collectibles, you know. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah. I guess I can't play with them, you know. But I mean, they're sold in the toy aisle. Right. They're in toy packaging. Right. Now, the interesting thing is they all included a card, which was fun. Yeah. But again, these were like the idea was they wanted like that pose to be like, you know, he's swinging the bat or he's throwing the ball. So they had very much a very, you know, very realistic pose based on the performer, yes. which I think is a cool idea. These have not been around in a, in a while. And I know there's been different iterations from different companies and so on, but uh, Hasbro, which acquired Kenner a few years ago um, is, is bringing them back. And they kind of tease that they're bringing starting lineups back. We found out the first wave is going to be basketball, mm-hmm. eight figures. And uh, my understanding is they're sold online. I don't know if they'll be in stores. I would imagine they would be. Yeah. Now Hasbro's big, proponent and bringing back the all cardboard packaging which we've talked about Mm -hmm. not a fan i know you're not a fan i don't know anyone that's like yes this is a good idea right but uh they announced just today as we record this because they showed all the figures and everyone i know jeff and scott and travis and gbm a lot of those guys were excited until they saw this yeah 50 dollar price point yeah so again not a big sports guy myself yeah but I mean, the only one I knew was uh, LeBron James, honestly. And that's just because I don't really follow basketball, which is this entire first wave is basketball. Now, my thought when we kind of talked about this in the past, I was like, you know, if you do baseball, it might be kind of cool to do, you know, now figures have multiple hands. They have multiple heads. I might be kind of cool to do a, you know, one of them, one of the heads is wearing the hat. One of the heads is wearing the baseball helmet. You know, one of the hands is the baseball glove. The other hand is the batting glove or holding the baseball bat. You know, there's different things they could do that kind of might be fun. Right. But $50, man, like, I mean, I've given crap to Power Town being 45 but I'm like, I would way rather pay that than 50 for a starting lineups, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay 50 for that at all. I mean, this isn't, safe to say this isn't really me or you's jam, right? It's not really our... Our deal, but I was trying to find the figure, trying to find a picture of the figure so I could see who all was in it. Have you found it? No, I found one, and it was a guy I had no idea who it was. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it didn't really matter, I guess. But yeah, it's it's eight total figures. Again, it's and it's all current day guys. Do you feel like legends would do better in this role if they're doing a fifty dollars price tag? Yeah. Now, now I will, or at say, least a mix and match. I will say LeBron James. So the only so I found. A list that actually just names five of them. Steph Curry is a pretty big name. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think guys like him, and I feel like I've heard Trey Young before. Sure, um, but LeBron James and Steph Curry are both pretty big names, and like I think they will sell well. I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on those two figures. No, but like when you also got shipping and tax too, so you're probably looking at one twenty. Yeah, and I, I think these like. I feel like these are probably geared towards high-end collectors, high-end collectors or uh, creators like stop-motion creators, mm. figure photographers, things like that. I think that's who these figures are geared towards. I still feel like, and maybe I'm in the wrong here, but like, so if you look behind you, I've got one of the X-Men figures hanging up on the wall there. It's an apocalypse from from the '90s. 
Yeah. And, you know, I bought that still on card for 10 bucks at a vintage toy store. And I'm perfectly happy with that. I think it's fun. But it's one of those things like I would way rather buy a cheaper style figure with good art and stuff as opposed to a highly articulated figure for 25, 35, 45, 55 dollars. Is that that right. makes sense? Right. I mean, like to me, it's not that not that important to when you get to the point where wouldn't it be better to be able to buy if you had a twenty dollar bill, be able to buy four figures than buy not even one? Well, that's just it. If you're if you're if you're making stop motion stuff like that or figure photography, like I can understand wanting all that articulation. Sure. But like for run of the mill everyday collectors who just want them because they're cool, like no, I don't need all that. I would rather have the statue. I'm wondering though if these action figure collector or like the action figure companies are starting to think like, I wonder if we can get a little bit more money out of these people. Oh, I'm sure. Cause I know like shoes are popular, right? Yeah. And people pay ridiculous amounts of money for Jordans. Yeah. So do you think that's maybe the, the market they're going after? Like, well, Probably. if they're going to pay six, $700, how much they, if they cost for a pair of Jordans, they'll pay that $50 for an action figure. Well, and they also saw how well Nick is doing, mm-hmm. you know, with, with all their figures. Cause most of their figures are 40, 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, well, yeah, I saw the Michelangelo mummy the other day. Looks cool, but I'm just like, nope, I can't. I I mean, it's it's fun, but I'm like, I would love to have that. Love to have like the whole turtles when all four of them come out, but I just I can't do it. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Too much, and it's one of those things. It's not so much like I I dislike what they're doing. It's just that's a big price tag, you know. And then you start thinking forty, fifty bucks. Times because I think they have six figures already because like mm-hmm. April's out in it and then Splinter's going to be Van Helsing so yeah. I'm sure they'll work in Shredder and Bebop and Casey Jones and all them so it's a lot of money like it's a it's a huge investment kind of like when NECA did Gargoyles I thought those look great yeah I'm not a huge Gargoyles fan but it's like I really I mean I can't justify buying this whole line like right. I'm not that big of a fan of them so is it cool yeah but yeah. I'm not I can't buy those right so do you think starting lineups will be a success um maybe. Because this is also very much its own niche thing. Yeah. So people may not buy any other figures. So maybe they're like, okay, yeah, sure. You got to be a sports fan and an action figure collector. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I think if they were 30, they might have had a way better shot of getting more people in. But yeah. you know, who's to say? Who knows? Uh, well, uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? I think that's it. All right, of course, we want to throw shout-outs to our podcasting buddies like the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Make sure to check them out every Sunday and check out Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Yes. Check out Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Check out the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric. Make sure to check out the Ringside Rant with RJ, the Leisure and Lariats Podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan talking all things NASCAR. Check out Boot to the Face with Marty and Rucker. Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Caitlin, and, of course, the twins. In fact, I know Drew announced, I think just today, maybe yeah. yesterday, that they were going to take a little break. Yeah, as we record this, yeah, it was, they're going to take a little break. I think it's probably good. Yeah. That's got to be tough. Dude, yeah, because, I mean, they're, like, I... With I, twins? Are you kidding me? I think I think both of them are trying to work right now, mm-hmm. like, and they got the twins. I mean, it's it's got to be chaotic. And then to try to do a podcast on top of that, like, yeah, take, take a break. Well, you know what's funny, and I know we're all like this. It's like you kind of think, like, hey... Sunday's our podcast day. We got to get an episode out. It's right. probably not that big a deal to yeah. anyone else, but I think in like your own psyche, you're like, we got to get it done. And I'm sure he thinks that way. Yeah. And it's probably not that important, but we still love you. You yeah, know what of I mean? Course. Like take your break, come back, have some fun. You know, we'll, we'll be, we'll be here whenever y'all decide to throw something out. Absolutely. Uh, also check out uh, wreck my podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew. Trivia with Buds with the one and only Ryan Buds. Howlin' with the Wolf with the one and only Jason Wolf. And, of course, his awesome Chop Shop. In fact, make sure to give him a follow on social media at The Art of Jason Wolf. He's uh, throwing out a lot of stuff that he had left over from the con he was yes, at. Yes, I saw that. So I know he has sketch cards. He has prints. He has a lot of cool stuff. So if you ever had had your eye on any of that, I highly recommend uh, giving him a follow and checking out what he's got. Absolutely. Uh, check out Pulling Up a Chair with our buddy Tim over at A Chair Shot. And then, of course, our uh, our good friend Richard Yule with Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast. Yeah. Also, check out uh, my other show, You Know It's Fake, right? Every Monday with me and a special guest. And then the TV Toycast every Thursday with me and Travis Fowler talking all things retro toys. Yep. In fact, uh, this week we did a deep dive on uh, Retro Mattel Series 1. It's kind of crazy to think, but that came out like five or six years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Remember when how the hype was when those came out? They were impossible to find. They were. Yeah. 
there were like that first wave was just all over the place. And then yeah. like after that, they just were really hard, but um, it's kind of crazy though. Cause that first wave was so good. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The first wave was pretty easy to find it. And then like, after that it was harder. Yes. Yeah. But you remember how weird it was like when Goldberg was a jumper and Triple H was a jumper and you're just like, what? everybody was becoming a jumper. Like what the hell is this? So yeah. Like they just reuse the same bodies over and over and over again. Uh-huh. I was not a fan of that. No. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but other than that, like a really fun line to discuss. Cause I, when they first announced that, I thought this was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, also, uh, no holds barred with Bill Benis. I know uh, Bill Benis has been tweeting you any news on that front. Yep. Yep. I guess I'm going back. Um, I'm oh gonna, boy. I'm going to take a look at the contract this coming Tuesday. And, um, if it all looks good, I'll sign it for another season. And we'll go from there. But yeah, I'll, I'll be there this Tuesday to to sign that contract. Big so money this year. I'm 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 gonna make sure it is. You know, there, there's some there's some things I want done. Well, you know? I mean, if it's big money, think about all the action figures you'll be able to buy now. Yeah, I'll just be able to actually actually pay all my bills. I can turn on the electricity finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. You're not living like a caveman anymore. God dang inflation, man. Ah, oh, God, it's the worst. <laughs> Uh, also check out Bane's music over on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever you get your tunes. In fact, I had a chance to check out the spine of the bill a little bit this week, man. Yeah. I love, I think, uh, I think everyone's favorite and I have to agree. BBW. Man. Everybody loves the BBW. Dude, you it was, a, it's mean? a great tune. That's yeah. probably the song of the album for me yeah. so far. What's so funny about that song too, is that was, uh, I told Drew this, uh, that was a very late edition. Like really, it was a last minute I had one song on there that was about a minute and a half long, and it was going to be some slow, uh, drab kind of spooky thing. And I was the more I listened to it, the more I mixed it. I was like, I just don't like this. Mm-hmm. And so I just went to go get a snow cone, as I did uh, do in the summertime quite a bit. And on the way there, um, Nine Inch Nails came in the mix, and and so I was listening. To that. I was like, holy shit! Like I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this vibe, and I did. And uh, out came BBW. Boom. Yeah. And I mean, I, I I really enjoyed making that song, so I'm glad everybody likes it. That's awesome, man. So I really feel like, as much as I liked your hip-hop, I feel like you found your niche, maybe. Yeah, I really. You feel like that, too? I really like this music. I mean, it's one of those things, like, if I still don't go anywhere with it, like, whatever. Like, this is just fun to make. Yeah. Whereas, like, hip-hop, I... I, I We've talked about it before. I just, I hit a wall mm. and it was like, well, I know you've talked before about how like you were like, it's I'm like 35, 36 making yeah. hip hop. And it's like, well, not, that, I, not to say that's a big deal, but I think to you, it, it seemed like a bigger deal maybe. Well, and I also, I heard, I heard Andre 3000 cause I've been, I've been dealing with this for a while. Like this whole, like I'm like in my mid thirties still rapping. Like uh, this is probably a good, a good look. And then I heard, I ran across a TikTok of Andre 3000, which you don't know who he is like legendary rapper. And, he talked about why he doesn't rap anymore. And he's like, well, it's called hip hop. I'm like an older man now. I'm not hip anymore. He's done some acting, hasn't he? Yeah. Okay, he, I know yeah. That is. So like, he's, he's a really cool dude, but like, he's like, I'm not hip anymore. Like there's younger cats out here. He's like, I might not like them, like, but he's like, they're what's hip. They know what's hip. I don't. It's an interesting point though. Yeah. And I'm like, well, he's, he's right. So maybe the way I'm feeling, it's kind of justified, you know. <laughs> well, it's also too. I, you remember when like Kevin Nash was in the NWO and he'd use like hip hop terms in his promos and stuff. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, he's so cool." I realized now, like that dude's a putz when he says stuff like that. I think. oh yeah, he oh, looks yeah. like a total dweeb. Yeah, and Nash is a smart guy, but like you look, I think that he would even agree with that. But it's like we thought he was this real hip guy. He's in his forties, you know. Yeah. He's not that. Like right, it's way more obvious now as we as we're older and not kids anymore. Sure. So, yeah, I think that's that definitely makes sense, though. And I think also, too, with I know there's been a lot of drama in hip hop and I know you haven't really gone into that in, in detail, but I know there is this. There probably isn't as much because it's not you're not really competing, maybe. I don't yeah, know if that, if that matters or not. Yeah. And I'm sure there I'm sure there is like competition to a certain extent, but sure. like it's so much more cutthroat in hip hop. Like, oh, yeah. But it's like it's healthy competition until it's not healthy competition. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's all about like, hey, I got to one up you, one up you, one up you. But then it gets to a point where it's like could become a bit bad deal. <laughs> now you're just like, I'm making Halloween music. Leave me alone. Now, you know? I mean, right. then, which is fun. Yeah. I know it's your favorite holiday. It's like, why yeah. not? You know? Yeah. I don't want to get stressed out and start having the little heart flutters again. You know what I mean? Just sure. Let me make my spooky tunes and 
be done. Well, and I think what's cool about this, and I think this would be a fun idea to get like a little Bluetooth speaker and play like the freaks when kids come trick or treating to your door, you know? Yeah. Kind of like, because there's certain music can be spooky. Like, I always think the Halloween theme is one of the scariest songs in the world. Oh, yeah. Just because of the imagery you get from it. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of what you're tracking here. And I think that's a cool thing. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, make sure you check out. All of his albums over wherever you get your tunes at. Um, also, Outsiders Beard Co. If you got some, you got a beard, know someone that's got a beard, get you some beard balm, beard oil, or a candle over there. Yes, and they uh, the candles will be up. They should be up right now, as a matter of fact. So check it out, OutsidersBeardCo.com. Get yourself some spooky candles. Absolutely. And then uh, uh, all of our T-shirts on uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, BBPH.RedBubble.com, WaterManeuver.net. Search for store. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, TV Toycast, or any of our podcasting buddies. Absolutely. And TV Toycast now has a shirt store over on storefrontier.com forward slash TV Toycast. You can get our new Game Time Decision shirt. Hell yeah. And I've also got merch on uh, my own little little website, the shop.banemusic.com. Shop.banemusic.com. You have a couple of shirts, right? And some hats? Yep, a couple of shirts. And I'm working on another one. I kind of want one that's related to BBW because, sure. because I'd like wasn't expecting that to take off sure. <laughs> so like, or to, to be the fan favorite. So I didn't really think to make a shirt about it, but I, I'm thinking about trying to work out a shirt for that too. That'd be cool. So yeah, check it out. Absolutely. Thank you guys for checking out breaker and Bane's power hour. I'm Brian breaker. I'm Bane. We'll see you guys in seven days. He's easy. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> It ain't over till I say it's over So lock the cage up cause this is a takeover The wait's over If this the final time we meet Then you'll be on your back at my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can I dig it? Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, Put it on the internet.